I'm going to call the meeting to order. The clerk will call the roll. Downing. Downing, absent, die. Die here, Erickson. Here. Erickson here, Farrell. Here. Farrell here, Gillis. Here. Gillis here, Hendrick. Here. Hendrick here, Jones. Jones here, Kiefer. Here. Kiefer here, Kilmer. Here. Kilmer here, Kolar. Here. Kolar here, Krause. Krause here, Levin. Here. Levin here, Matano. Here. Matano here, McCarvo. McCarvo, absent. Miles. Here. Miles here, Nelson. Here. Nelson here, O'Loughlin. Here. O'Loughlin here, Pirtle. Pirtle. I saw him, but. Uh, Pirtle present. Rip. Rip here, Rit. Rit here, Rusk. Rusk here, Salop. Salop absent. Shower. Shower absent. Schmidt. Schmidt here, Stubbs. Stubbs here, Veldrin. Veldrin here, Wegleitner. Wegleitner here, Willett. Willett here, Williams. Williams here, Young. Young here, Zweifel. Zweifel here, Baird. Baird here, Bollig. Bollig here, Chenoweth. Chenoweth here, Clausius. Clausius, absent. De Felice. Here. De Felice here. Corrigan. Here. Corrigan here. Yeah, I got it. Okay. 32 supervisors are present. Um, this evening, and Supervisor Shower had indicated that he would not be able to join us this evening. Um, we um, are now at the point of the Pledge of Allegiance. Please join me in saying the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Are there any announcements this evening? I don't see anyone weighing in. I have one announcement. Um, we're joined today by two guests who are visiting Dane County through a professional fellowship program that's sponsored by the State Department and the International City Managers Association. And I'd just like to thank former, uh, we'll introduce them, but I would like to first of all thank former Supervisor Mark Opitz for joining us this evening and bringing these guests with us. And if they would stand, we have from Cambodia, Savanka Cheng, and from Singapore, Pamela Tom. So welcome. And now on to the public hearing on the proposed 2017 Dane County budget. I'll call individuals to um, up to speak, and I'm going to do two names at a time. So the first one will get to, to testify, and then if the second one would also get ready to come up to speak so that we're not spending a lot of time waiting between speakers. And speakers have three minutes um, to speak. So first up is Brad Schlue, um wishing to speak in support of the 2.3% increase. If you could come up. And oh, I mean also Don Ferber is next. Good evening. Uh, my name is Brad Schlu. I'm a longtime employee of Journey Mental Health Center. Journey is a nonprofit purchase of service agency in Dane County. I'm also an executive member of uh, the Recovery Coalition. Purchase of service leaders applaud many positive elements of the 2017 budget proposal, including money towards an eventual $15 an hour minimum living wage for POS employees, increased funding for homeless services, 
and the county executive's inclusion of money for a 0.7% increase for a cost of living increase for POS agencies. The 2017 Human Services budget request is close to $3 million more than the 2016 adopted budget, which is good news. Um, a Dane County Department of Human Services fact sheet from the County Board's 2017 listening session shows that while GPR increased by only $927,913, outside revenues increased by $2,839,865. The increase in outside revenue is mainly due to revenue earned in a new Medicaid program called Comprehensive Community Services, or CCS. You've probably heard of that. Um, agencies providing CCS services have had to invest a considerable amount of our own resource into CCS in order to bring in this new revenue. We've made these investments despite not having a COLA for the previous 15 years prior to last year. So we continue to put our own resources into these programs to bring more revenue into the county so that they can spend on human services, but we're not getting the COLAs that we need to keep our infrastructure strong. Please support Supervisor Young's amendment to increase the 2017 COLA by 2.3% for a total increase of 3%, which is the same increase that the hardworking county employees will receive this year. Thank you. Thank you very much. If um, our guests would please refrain from, de from demonstrations um, in the gallery. Um, next up is Don Ferber, followed by Leland Pan. Thank you. I'm Don Ferber here representing the Sierra Club and want to support several initiatives, in particular in the, the county budget that's being proposed. Um, I actually we're going to speak soon because I have to leave for a talk about health on a warming planet, which is an indication of one of the things we consider really critical that I want to address tonight, and that is in particular the county's initiatives to install uh, large amounts of additional solar and to have a, an office that will deal with energy and climate change. In a carbon-constrained world, I think these are critical things that, in part because of where we're at in the state, we're significantly behind on, and we need to address and address now. The city of Madison is working on progress on this. I think it is incumbent on the county to show real leadership on that. What's being done is a good step in the right direction, but I would urge you to move further than that. One of the things that, for instance, the city of Monona did was to have third-party solar installed, and I think you could increase your solar by very much larger amounts if you were to go that, and it would be affordable to, for the county to do now. I also want to recognize that the county is doing a great job with water and protecting our waters, both the health aspect and the recreation aspect. Um, there are things in the budget that I urge you to adopt uh, to continue to protect our waters and to make them accessible in a clean manner to all. And also this helps reduce the cost of damage you know, from phosphorus and other elements that we would pay for otherwise. So I think it's, it's a win-win situation. Uh, the county has also been great with its conservation budget over the years, but what has been lacking is additional staff, and I was glad to see this at that point in the budget. And along with that, there are proposed additional trails and support for bike trails, Ice Age Trail, and other uh, recreational opportunities in the county, as well as 
you know, again, to be adding new areas. We need to protect the areas we have and make them usable, safe, and friendly to the our residents who want to get out there and use them. So I urge you to support those measures in the budget. I also want to recognize, even though it wouldn't seem to be a standard part for the Sierra Club, your support that's in the budget for the health and well-being of the citizens of the county who all deserve to be treated equally, to have equal access, to have uh, a good uh, way of life here, uh, regardless of their personal situation. So I think that's an important part of what makes Dane County special. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Next up is Leland Pan, representing the Wisconsin Council on Children and Families, um, followed by Kate Sh Sh Schulte. Hey, everyone. Um, good to see you all again. Um, as you can tell, being out of the county board clearly still hasn't taught me how to address myself. But um, the, uh, I came here speaking on behalf of the Wisconsin Council on Children and Families, specifically uh, in support of a budget, uh, budget amendment introduced by Supervisor Young um, around uh, in putting money uh, in for the peer courts, the restorative justice program in the juvenile justice system, uh, specifically right now working with the uh, Madison School District. Um, the Wisconsin Council on Children and Families, as you all probably know, also houses the uh, race to equity team. And uh, the race to equity team is very uh, concerned with the racial disparities that have uh, been highlighted in the Dane County community. And we think that the restorative justice as a model is an evidence-based practice that has helped address racial disparities in human service and in criminal justice system. So, uh, for instance, in the traditional system, youth often have to pay fines. Uh, many youth uh, in our schools do not have the uh, financials to pay such fines and instead ignore the, such, uh, the uh, traditional system, which results in uh, negative consequences. So restorative justice really is a way for um, youth to take responsibility for their actions while also addressing where they're at and having them provide what they can. Um, so in addition, it's uh, far more successful in terms of engaging uh, youth um, in the traditional system and um, ensuring that they have opportunity for success down the road. I'm certainly willing to talk more in detail in terms of numbers and data uh, outside of this, but I know that there is both a debate and I know some of you for some reason care about the Cubs game, so uh, yeah, won't out anyone so you still have, don't uh, have too tough of a re-election, but uh, so I will be more than happy to talk about this uh, um, with any of you individually, so feel free to reach out to me. But uh, we're just here as Wisconsin Council of Family supporting uh, funding uh, restorative justice programs in Dane County. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Next up is Kate Schulte, followed by Gary Werner. Hi, I'm Kate Schulte, a Dane County citizen with strong feelings fighting climate change. And I'd like to, first of all, uh, show appreciation for Dave Mahoney's actions of withdrawing deputies when he respected contacts he received from, the, from many opinions of um, a lot of Dane County citizens. There were irresponsible actions of law enforcement in North Dakota, uh, such as arresting journalists, aggressive acts of behavior against the protesters, and I didn't want our county sheriff working with that type of enforcement. And Sheriff Mahoney listened to my displeasure to the Standing Rock deputy actions. Sheriff Mahoney's actions of pulling his deputies away from, Stand from Standing Rock protest in North Dakota are respected by many Dane County 
citizens. Of these citizens that I speak of, many are people stand, standing behind Standing Rock. That Sioux Nation has um, requests that the, the Enbridge pipeline stops and it stops its construction and I wish they would respect our lands. <clears throat> so basically, um, as far as the budget goes, I would like to mention that I would like to see Joe Parisi's use of the budget to increase solar energy in Dane County proceed. This solar investment would help to keep fossil fuels in the ground. Where did I go? And um, if we could keep fossil fuels in the ground, that would uh, be seen in less oil spills and no, well, cleaning up the filthy atmospheres by opening doors to clean energy use. And I support Joe Parisi's creation of the creation of a council on energy and climate change. This would be a strong compliment to our county if we were seen as an area where intellectual practices of energy use took place. Let's move forward and leave less of a carbon footprint on the land and air. Thank you very much. Next up is Gary Werner, followed by Kim Turner. Good evening. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair, woman, and members of the county board. And I'm Gary Werner. I'm here representing the Capital Region Advocacy Network for Environmental Sustainability, otherwise known as Cranes. Uh, that's for sandhill cranes, and it's also for construction cranes that uh, you see around, around us here in downtown Madison. I first off, well, first off to say you, you have a, a, a statement from us. We also emailed a statement to all of you earlier. Um, and I want to start really by thanking you for your consistent support for critical programs that have helped to preserve the quality of the land and waters of Dane County. And I think you're looking at what's an exciting budget now for 2017 because of the consistent good work that you have done, you've supported over the years. We're now in the position to make some really significant gains in a number of areas. Um, and I'm going to highlight a few of them from our statement. Um, as, as has already been mentioned, the Land and Water Resources Department has for many years been working on what we consider understaffed condition. And the budget does include uh, four positions that will strengthen the, both the land side and the water side of the work of that department. Um, there's also, as has been mentioned, uh, some emphasis in the uh, uh, renewable energy realm, the climate change realm, of having a new position of coordinator for, for climate change uh, and renewable energy to support that Climate Action Council. I think it's really important to have a, a position that can be the focal point for all of the kinds of work that, that will happen in, in that realm. Um, as I mentioned, um, because of the consistent support to the Conservation Fund and other initiatives, you're at the possibility now of making some great strides in the system of trails, bicycle trails and hiking trails that have been knit together over the years to connect 
the cities and, and communities of Dane County. And there are four initiatives in the budget, one for the Good Neighbor Trail along Highway 14 uh, between Middleton and Mazamani. Another one on the east side that would fill the gap between the Capital City Trail and the Glacial Drumlin Trail, which when that is filled, a person could bicycle from the Lake, Lake Michigan shore in Milwaukee all the way across southern Wisconsin through Madison to Governor Dodge State Park, almost across the entire state and through the two largest cities in the state. That's an exciting opportunity for Dane County. There are also some money for projects that will fill in some gaps uh, in the Ice Age Trail. Um, we, the one issue that we're concerned about... Three minutes that we're concerned about is the funding for the urban outfall uh, storm sewers. That needs two and a half million dollars of new money. That was the commitment that you made each year, and we believe that the funding that's in the budget is, is mostly carryover from previous years. Thank, Thank you. Gary. Next up is Kim Turner, representing the Developmental Disabilities Coalition of Dane County. She'll be followed by George Hopenot. Pardon? Yeah, and I think Kim is up first, and then you'll, you're following her. I was just okay. saying who's going to be next. Or That's more my height. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to speak tonight. I'm Kim Turner, Executive Director of Options and Community Living and Chair of the Developmental Disabilities Coalition. I speak tonight on behalf of the coalition. We appreciate the hard work and leadership that have gone into making some good things possible in the proposed 2017 budget. We urge you to maintain those good changes and to increase the amount of the COLA across all POS agencies. The proposed budget maintains funding for existing consumers in the DD system. The proposed budget funds supported employment for new high school graduates eligible for services in the DD system, which is fundamental to all the support provided in our system because it builds on educational investment. It allows people to have real connected lives contributing to our communities. It allows parents to work and gives community members the opportunity to get to know people who experience disability as coworkers and community members. I will remind people that Dane County has done something amazing and that there is more supported employment in Dane County than on all of the rest of the state combined. Dane County has the second highest rate of community employment for people with developmental disabilities in the country. We appreciate the county board's initiative, the work of supervisors, Corrigan, Pirtle, and Dye, and the support of the county executive in both increasing and funding the living wage. Moving the county toward a $15 an hour living wage is the right thing to do, and it helps us recruit staff whose caring and professional work support people with disabilities in our communities. But the living wage is only part of the equation when it comes to strengthening the ability of POS agencies to deliver the services you expect from us. We also need a COLA to retain employees not covered by the living wage, to maintain competitive benefit packages, and to deal with the ever-rising costs of doing business. The .7 proposed in the exec's budget is a start, but it falls short in catching POS agencies up. 
For the members of Health and Human Needs, we urge you to support HHN2, Supervisor Young's amendment to increase the COLA to 3%. We also urge you to support Supervisor Wegleitner's amendment, HHN15, that would, going forward, use any surplus funds generated by the Department of Human Services to fund human service programs. For more than 30 years, the coalition has worked in partnership with county staff, the executive, and the county board supervisors. That partnership has helped ensure people with developmental disabilities have good lives. Respectfully finding common ground on the tough issues is the Dane County way, and it makes this a great place to live and work. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Next up is George, and I think I destroyed your last name, so yeah, I'll let you say it. And I'm, let me say who's going to be next. Tori Cop Mueller will follow, George. Okay. Yeah, I'm George Hagenauer, and unfortunately I flunked handwriting in second grade. <laughs> uh, for the past 25 years, I basically have worked on child care economics for 4C, Community Coordinated Child Care. And it's an interesting job because on the one hand, you're working with economic development, bringing in higher skilled workers that are needed by getting them child care. On the other hand, all of child care is basically rooted in poverty. The quality of the care for higher skilled workers, middle class families, working class families depends on what the state is willing to provide for its poorest members and poorest families. And that's been an interesting job. And what's very interesting is in the past month, we've been given a very useful tool by the Walker administration to start figuring out why people don't work. Why the, why the welfare-to-work system doesn't work in Dane County very well. It's called the self-sufficiency study. It's a very interesting study because basically the Walker administration is using the same consultants that the Wisconsin Women's Network used in 2004 to set up a cost-of-living structure at which points we'd understand what amount of money is needed for someone to live without any form of welfare supports in every county of the state. And so I've been using that basically to try to figure out how do we make the system work better here. And, I've, and it's a work in progress. So what you'll be getting is basically the first stuff that's coming out of there. But the basic reality is that we have a very high-powered economy. It's driving up costs in housing and a number of other areas. Child care is really key. And it basically doesn't work under the eligibility formulas. If you look at the papers I'm giving you, there's a lot of talk about the cliff, which is basically when people reach the point where they start losing benefits, like child care, health care, and they start crashing. A family crashing here is crashing at $500 more costs that they have to raise in order to get out of poverty than a family in Columbia County. And so at this, and on the other end, when people start paying child care premiums or co-pays who are low income in this county, they're paying it before they can pay their rent. And the numbers are there. It's solid numbers, solid figures. And so what I'm working towards is trying to figure out what the number is that fills that hole. And so if you're, and that'll be working on over the next couple, of, probably next two or three weeks. So if you're working on this issue in a committee, if you're also, or if you're working on economic development, because we use the 2004 study to basically stabilize the child care workforce in a number of places. So it works on both ends. It, it worked, it's very good figures. Let me know, because I, what you're doing, first off, is you're creating this children's zone on the north side of the city. In there is a small chunk of money to look at how to make childcare work in terms of making co-pays work. 
So we can basically use that as an initial model, and it's a public-private partnership, so it's not all public money. So we can basically use that to start testing some of this stuff and maybe set up a system where the people who are starting to work don't crash and become unemployed, but rather move on to self-sufficiency. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Next up is Tori Kopp-Mueller, followed by Brenda Conkle. Hi, I'm Tori Kopp-Mueller. I'm here today um, in my role as board president of the Homeless Services Consortium. I did send out our statement to you all today, so hopefully you received that, but I want to highlight a couple of things from our statement. Um, first off, I just want to say in the last year or so, our community has done a lot of work towards ending homelessness. We are looking at communities who are ending homelessness and adopting some of those best practices here. I think we're, it's a really good time where things are changing, we're making tough decisions, and really moving forward on this. Um, this year we did uh, develop our community plan to prevent and end homelessness. Uh, it's a huge document with lots of um, lots of places for us to go and things to work on. So I'm just going to highlight a section from each of the main goals of our community plan. So our first goal is to prevent homelessness. So our group is in support of putting into the budget $55,000 towards tenant services. Um, we don't have that. Uh, we've saw a reduction in those services in our community, and what we're finding is it's very difficult to rehouse people. It's much uh, more cost-effective if we're able to keep them in their housing, plus it's less traumatic if they're able to stay there. Um, we have a very tight market right now, and if folks have a recent eviction or owe money to a landlord, it's, it's almost impossible to find them another place. Um, the second goal in the plan is to support people who are experiencing homelessness. Uh, we ask that you would designate the Dane County Development Group as the operator for the Day Resource Center. Uh, our group has some serious concerns about Catholic charities operating the Day Resource Center and that we're hearing that the staff that are hired by Catholic charities will not be able to make referrals for comprehensive planning, family planning services, nor will they be able to pass out condoms or provide any information like that. Um, I also I haven't heard how Catholic charities will serve our LGBT, LGBTQ population, and so that's a concern to me also and our group. Uh, the third goal is to end homelessness, so we ask that the Messner property that was purchased to originally be a day resource center be used to provide some affordable housing, to develop affordable housing there. Um, our community needs units, that's in the plan that we need to add some units of affordable housing, and that's a great location. Um, there's a lot of redevelopment going on in the East Wash area, it'd be a really nice place to have some affordable housing so that uh, low-income families or low-income people could access the services that are on East Wash. Um, and our final goal in the plan is to advocate and collaborate with local, state, and national partners. Um, so we ask that you all designate funds to create a housing strategy coordinator position for the county. Um, right now there are so many efforts going on as far as affordable housing and ending homelessness and it's involving different departments and different staff people and no one is designated to be the coordinator of all of that. And make sure everyone's on track with what they're supposed to be doing and that projects are going forward. And so we ask that you would fund that position. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tori. Next up is Brenda Conkle, who will be followed by um, Ken Hobble, I think, with the ARC of Dane, Dane County. Brenda. 
So um, I support everything that Tori just said. Um, I'm a member of the Homeless Services Consortium through the Tenant Resource Center and the Bubbles Project. Um, and I think that our, our plan to end and prevent uh, homelessness has really, we put a lot of work into it. And um, it's great to see that through the budget, we're able to start implementing some of the things that we've worked really hard as a community. Um, so um, I do have a few things I want to add. Um, I, like you, am absolutely sick of listening to people talk about the Day Resource Center. And I had given up and said, fine, we're all going to get behind Catholic support, Catholic charities and support them. And I was, you know, I was really just going to say, like, okay, fine, we've got to make this work, right? Um, I went to a meeting, and I was, I was sort of really just felt sick after the meeting because the things that we were hearing were not the things that we had heard before. Um, the proposal went out, we started to hear more of the details, and as we heard more of the details, there was more and more concerns that came up about their proposal, many of them which Tori just mentioned. Uh, also, they're not sure that they're going to have enough laundry and storage facilities, which is part of um, the GAP services that the city was funding and part of how the city is going to fund their portion of the um, Day Resource Center. Um, and given, given all of those concerns that I had and given the strong community support that was behind the other proposal, I'd really urge you to take a look at the two proposals. I know that's some sort of a weird quagmire thing where you can't see the proposals, but I want you to know that the, the other proposal has the backing and the following people served as references for that other proposal. The Salvation Army, the YWCA, the Road Home, Housing Initiatives, the Apartment Association, First United Methodist Church, Madison Area Urban Ministries, Tenant Resource Center, Moving Out, the Friends of the State Street Family, Mach 1 Health, Heartland Alliance, Dane County Sheriff David Mahoney, the League of Women Voters, WISC Cares Veterinary Services, Madison Homelessness Initiative, Journey Mental Health, and Larksburg Collaborative Coaching. Um, those are all people that are serving for references for the other proposal that you're not allowed to look at at this point because the other one was put forward. And I think that given the serious concerns that we have and the huge amount of support for the other proposal, I think it's worth you guys taking a look at. Um, many of those people are serving on the advisory committee for the other proposal, including Sarah Gilmore, who helped run the last day Resource Center, and um, we work in strong partnership with that group already. Um, Rob Dix serves on the Homeless Services Consortium Board, um, and we all have strong working partnerships with them already, and we're just learning more about Catholic Charities, and what we're learning isn't really fitting with what we thought. The final thing I want to say real quickly is just that on, on the tenant services, um, we tried to, from the tenant resource center, tell everybody, don't call us, don't call us, don't call us. If you don't live in the city of Madison, we're no longer providing these services. So far this year, though, we still got 420 phone calls. When the calls come into our office, they, we have no place to refer them to. We attempt to refer them to CAC, and then we tell them if they don't get an answer to the question, call us back. We'll see once what we can do, because that's what we do. We refer people. And um, when we talk to people who call us back, they almost um, always say that either they didn't follow through with the phone call because they didn't think CAC could help them. Either they got confused by the number thing when you have to punch in the phone and they couldn't figure out what's it sounds like it's only for homeless people, and so they say they're not homeless, so they can't use that service, or they report that they didn't get a call back. And so it ends up falling back on us anyways to try to help them find services, and we really have no place to refer them to. For the um, three minutes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't hear the phone. I didn't, I didn't set okay. the thing. So. so anyways, and this is all about serious concerns about security deposit, money-related things, repairs, and other tenant issues that just aren't covered by anybody in the county. So there's a huge need for it. Thanks, Lev. Yeah. Next up is Ken 
and I'm having trouble reading the last name. Ten, and then you'll be followed by Rob Dick. First, I want to apologize for my poor penmanship. H-O-B-D-S. Okay. My name is Ken Hobbs. I serve as president of the board of the Arkdane County. Had a chance to uh, speak uh, speak to you, with you, uh, in uh, last month, and here we are back again. Our first message of two is that thank you. Uh, we do appreciate everything that's in the 2017 budget that affects people with developmental disabilities and their families. Uh, it makes a real difference in their lives and I think in the lives of the whole community to see how our county board is, is treating those individuals. And from that point of view, we thank you and we also thank you for all the years of work that you've continued to support. The, the staff that you've hired have done a super job, and uh, they, they will continue to do so uh, until there's a major shift, we understand, early in 2018. We do hope that the planning will be completed for that process as it will be a major shift in, for the families in, in Dane County. But we thank you for your help with that. But we also ask that anything you could do for uh, paying for additional salary for the workers that are engaged with these individuals, uh, helping them work, uh, helping them at home, helping them get from one place to the other would be much appreciated. Uh, our, uh, our provider networks uh, uh, do a super job f finding the folks, getting them in place, keeping them there, but uh, the salary it has, has to be helped to be able to keep the people in their place. But uh, we're, we're very thankful for everything that uh, has been done. Uh, we look to you as leaders. We uh, hosted a, a group, a fellow ARC uh, population from uh, Korea. I first called them South Korea. Mmm, big mistake. They are from Korea. Thank you. Uh, and so they corrected us. But they asked us, they came here to see how it was. And so we talked to them. And they had some questions, and we had some questions, and it was a very enlightening thing and very reinforcing that they would come here to look at how they should model things. And we were very happy to spend some time talking with them about how it works and who does what and when. But I, I am uh, going to be short, and so I'll get out of your way and let the nurse, next person come in. And uh, thank you very much for the chance to, to speak. We appreciate it. Thank you for coming this evening. Next up is Rob Dick, who will be followed by Mitchell Bray. Rob is with Dane County Housing Authority. Hi, my name is Rob Dick. I'm the executive director of the Dane County Housing Authority. I am also the um, least employee and secretary of the Dane County Development Group, which was the other group that responded to Dane County's RFP to operate the Homeless Day Resource Center. Um, I'm here to support Supervisor Wegmaitner's amendment to HHN 7 uh, to name the Dane County Development Group as the operator to the Resource Center. Uh, what I want to touch on is... Um, um, I've been told that the reason that our proposal was not selected was because we were ineligible to operate the Day Resource Center. So I want to clear up a couple of things. The Dane County Development Group was created as a 501c3 component unit of the Dane County Housing Authority to further our mission. The reason we applied as the Dane County Development Group was because of a quirk in City of Madison zoning that says a homeless day resource center is, uh, falls under the mission house definition, which is defined as being run 
run by either a nonprofit or a faith-based group. So therefore, the Dane County Housing Authority was ineligible to operate the day center. So therefore, we, we consulted um, the city attorney's office and received a clarification that the development group per zoning was eligible to operate the day center. That's why we applied the way we did. The other argument that I've heard is that housing authority statutes do not specifically grant power to a housing authority to operate a day resource center. And while I would say it doesn't specifically say that, there are a lot of things that housing authorities across Wisconsin do that are not specifically spelled out in the statutes. I would give, for instance, operating the Section 8 Housing Choice Voucher Program, not specifically mentioned. Um, we have in the past run um, programs for down payment assistance for first-time homebuyers, done first-time homebuyer education classes. None of those things are specifically spelled out in the statutes. What is what is put in the statute is that we have the authority to operate a housing project. A housing project is further defined by 66.12013J to include community facilities, which are buildings for educational health or welfare purposes, which I would argue that the Homeless Day Resource Center is. So well, it doesn't implicitly say that the housing authority has the ability to operate a day resource center. I think it falls within the scope of what housing authorities were created for and to do. Um, so I would ask you to consider the Dane County Development Group's proposal to operate the day center. That's all. Thank you, Rob. Next up is Mitchell Bray, who will be followed by Janice Kopp Cordes. Uh, thank you for holding the public hearing. I'm Mitch Bry. Um, I'm speaking today um, in support of the solar proposals and some other um, issues related to climate. Um, we've recently seen, of course, Hurricane Matthew uh, causing some devastation in North Carolina. Um, it's just one example that reminds us uh, that we are facing a changing climate. Um, the flooding there has been really awful. Um, a little closer to home, we've recently seen flooding in Richland County after a deluge of, of rainfall. Um, this flooding uh, caused the county to delay their county fair. So we're not too far away from there. We could easily see uh, changing weather patterns that bring flooding like that here today in county. Um, and, you know, it may be a small thing, but it would be quite unfortunate um, for our county fair to be delayed or, or um, the, world, um, the World Dairy Expo, for example. Any of those things could happen. Uh, Madison's on an isthmus. Um, we've got huge potential for flooding that would really be catastrophic. Um, it could cut off uh, roadways and prevent us from getting maintenance and emergency vehicles into and out of downtown. Um, so I think it's really important that as a county, um, the leadership that is shown in this budget is supported by all the supervisors. Um, this proposal for solar at the Alliant Energy Center and also at the Job Center uh, will triple the solar that's owned by the county. It's a really great move. So just real briefly, thank you. Um, please support that. Um, I also hope you'll, you'll support the proposal to add a staff position um, in the new Office of Energy and Climate. Uh, that person will bring together stakeholders so that the county can get to working um, on a climate action plan. So we know this is a problem we need to address. Um, we're going to be better off if we start working on it right away. Uh, there's also um, some money proposed to use um, biogas that's coming from the landfill to help fuel uh, county fleet. Um, bio CNG, as it's sometimes called, is the cleanest uh, fuel that's available for a vehicle. 
um, even cleaner than electric um, electricity um, because that electricity is often coming from coal. Um, both of these proposals, the solar and the um, landfill gas, will save uh, taxpayers money. So let's do that. Um, and I hope the county will also take every opportunity that it has to invest in energy efficiency in its own buildings um, and that any new buildings um, are net zero, which means that they generate as much electricity as they consume. Um, buildings are around for 50 years, maybe longer. So, um, you know, we need to start building for the future right now. Mitchell, you're at three minutes. Okay, thank you. Thank you for coming this evening. Next up is Janice. And I'm mispronouncing your last name, I know, um, and I apologize. And you'll be followed by um, Roger Chapman. So thank you, Janice. Thank you. My name is Janice Knapp Cordes. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. I must not have printed very clearly. It was hard to read. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just a, a citizen of, of Dane County, and um, for many years, the, the top of my priority list has been climate change and global warming. I hope to have grandchildren someday, and I think about what kind of a world we'll be leaving them and all of the children of the world, because global warming and climate change affects every single living thing on the planet. And we, we can control it or we can make it worse of a mess than it already is. We don't experience it very much. The tundra is not melting at our feet. We don't live near the Great Barrier Reef and see all of the coral dying. Um, we don't experience five-year droughts or 500-year floods. But as, as Mitch said, um, weather patterns can be changing and we can experience, um, we don't know what we're going to experience. So a couple of weeks ago when I read in the newspaper the, the proposed energy changes, I was simply delighted. More solar, uh, it's thrilling, that's wonderful. And using uh, LNG to um, power the trucks and the snow plows, it's brilliant. I think the best thing is to have a staff person. Um, if you say to all of the department heads, well, here's another thing that you have to do. You have to worry about energy efficiency or this or that. Um, they're busy, but one staff person can really make a difference, can, can really pull this whole thing together and accomplish something. We, as a country, are spending a lot of money on disaster recovery, and I think if we turn in this direction, um, we can be preventing disasters and putting our money to the best possible use. So I encourage your support for all of the good solar energy um, provisions in the budget, and thank you for the opportunity to speak. Thank you, Janice. Next up is Roger Chapman, who will be followed by Brian Mulholland. And that is the last registration I have. So if you had thought you had put your name in and you haven't heard your name called, please make sure you fill out a slip and, or let us know that it wasn't included. So um, Roger Chapman. Thank you. I oppose the uh, awarding of the development uh, of the Homeless Resource Center to Catholic Charities. For one thing, I think it's illegal. Um, there was quite an effort in months past, in the, the, the past several years, 
in the secular community to bring about solutions for the homeless, the um, big effort to put up uh, individual houses uh, near Johnson Street uh, were uh, uh, had some good success. Our Socialist Party in South Central Wisconsin handed over most of its assets to uh, uh, to that effort, and um, I have uh, uh, reason to give favorable uh, uh, comment uh, to the public way of doing things as opposed to uh, to finding religious solutions to public problems. I was uh, in grade school in the uh, Catholic uh, parochial school of St. Patrick's in Eau Claire and in the Evansville uh, grade school system and uh, found uh, the, the uh, Evansville grade school system uh, uh, far superior to meeting my needs. Um, the uh, I think uh, history uh, shows the bad uh, effects of uh, getting uh, a lot of uh, religious or Catholic involvement in, in public causes. A biographer of President Kennedy uh, encouraged him to get involvement in Vietnam because there was a uh, struggle between uh, socialism, atheistic socialism and uh, Catholicism there. Uh, the, the results of that I think were disappointing. We don't agree. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a lot more that has happened uh, over the centuries. The uh, residential schools for the First Nation people in Canada was run by the, the, the church with uh, a great deal of uh, uh, a healthy involvement with the children. The Magdalene schools in Ireland, we've heard about them. Uh, in Ireland, there were also uh, a good many of them in, in Europe, Australia, and the United States. They ended uh, only in the 1970s after centuries of, uh, of uh, use. Uh, those were for, uh, those were asylums for uh, unwed mothers and for flirtatious girls. Uh, very often these people uh, remained in those institutions for for their whole lives. Um, and we've lost public monies, I understand, in, in Milwaukee County because of uh, a bishop uh, paid uh, paid them for uh, to get uh, to cover up a bishop's pedophilia. Three minutes. Uh, okay, uh, and there are many others. Catholic charities. I think also are not really charities. It's, their funds come from public monies. So I think that uh, for a good many reasons we should oppose the awarding of the, the contract to Catholic Charities. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Next up is Brian Mulholland, who, and we've found a couple other registrations that were um, in the other stack. Um, next up is Jeannie Erickson. So Brian Mulholland. I think he's here. Um, he had said he was um, wishing to speak in support of um, Health and Human Needs Amendments 2 and 15. So next up is Jeannie Erickson, who will be followed by Carol Ziglin. Jeannie. 
I'm over here. Oh, there you are. Thank you, Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak. Um, as you know, I'm Jeannie Erickson. I am a private citizen, but I represent also Project Babies. I'm also the secretary for the Homeless Services Consortium. And I stand here tonight in favor of the... Um, letter that you received from the Homeless Services Consortium that Tori referred to. It is a little ironic to me. You have heard me speak many times over the last several months, many months actually, about the importance and the need for the day center. I want to thank you for moving on that day center, and we do have one coming. However, I need to strongly, strongly ask you to reconsider the contracts being given to the Catholic Charities. And I do that because when we talk about a day resource center, we had originally said and continued to say that we wanted it to be a one-stop shop service for the population that need it that would provide services for harm reduction. The contract that is being awarded or being proposed and set forward for Catholic Charities does not do that because it's limiting services that are available within the building itself and presents more questions than it does answers that we've heard through um, meetings and questions that I personally have asked. So I ask you to really strongly look at where those dollars are going to go and consider, if you can't consider an immediate no to it, really ask to have that contract looked at and look strongly at the contract that I know you cannot see yet for the one that was um, denied. In a couple of the other areas that our letter refers to, there's some small amounts of dollars in there that I really want to highlight because I don't want them to get lost. I certainly support tenant services. We definitely need those, as um, Brenda had referred to. There's also a very small amount that was put in for a membership fee for a coalition statewide that has been moved into providing laundry services at the Salvation Army. Please do not disregard that need for laundry services. They're going to be discontinued as of November 1st at the Salvation Army Family Services. It's $3,000. It's a small amount, but it is incredibly, incredibly important. There's also an amount of $12,500 to go for scholarships for after-school programs for homeless kids that are not able to get into programs because of the financial burden that that puts in. I ask you to really look at that also. So, again... In support of the letter that you received from the Homeless Services and the amendments that have been put forward, I thank the supervisors who have worked on those. And again, I strongly, strongly ask you to not award the contract to Catholic Charities, but instead to look at the proposal that was given as an alternative. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Gina. Next up is Carol Ziglin, and she's the last registrant that we have. Thank you all. I'm Carol Ziglin. I live on Stagecoach Road in the town of Cross Plains. Uh, I'm a member of the Wisconsin Bike Federation, a member of the uh, Bombay Bicycle Club of Madison. And uh, the neighborhood that I live in is one of several rural subdivisions along that corridor of the Good Neighbor Trail uh, between the city of Middleton and Mazomani. We have one entrance into our subdivision, which is the Highway 14 corridor. Well, the state of Wisconsin knows that that's an extremely busy road. Um, we have no safe route from our neighborhood to any of the schools in the Cross Plains Middleton School District. There's no safe route to an elementary school uh, one mile into Cross Plains. 
there's no safe route to a middle school. There's no safe route to high, Middleton High School, which is about five miles into the city of Middleton, to any of the parochial schools, to any park or recreational area outside of our subdivision, including the Ice Age Trail uh, or the Cross Plains Swimming Pool, for that matter. Um, while my husband and I bike a lot in the area, we absolutely avoid Highway 14. It is so fatal. Along our uh, corridor, within about a mile of our subdivision, there are several makeshift memorials owing to the fatalities along the, that route. Um, some of you are aware of the commuter that died uh, while uh, traveling to and from uh, Cross Plains last summer. Um, in 2012, I personally had a terrible experience. We hosted two foreign exchange students. They attended the uh, Middleton High School. One was from Italy, one was from Denmark. Uh, Denmark, um, by the way, um, fostered the Safe Route to School program. Um, so our Danish student decided one day he was going to bike to the Quick Trip, which is about a mile from our entrance to the subdivision going into Cross Plains. Um, he took off. I told my husband, follow him, go pick him up on his bike, uh, make sure he gets off that road. He was too late. The ambulance came. Um, he severely uh, almost severed his bicep tendon and uh, muscle. Uh, he spent three days in the children's hospital in the trauma ward. Um, we had to call his parents in Copenhagen um, saying we're sorry, uh, please approve his surgery. Um, again, uh, this is the t-shirt. He was supposed to be in soccer uh, that spring. He couldn't play soccer because of that accident. So again, because of the personal experience we've had, I really encourage you to support the Good Neighbor Trail and all of the biking um, access um, and the tra trails in the uh, budget this year. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. I have no more registrants unless there's someone who still wanted to speak. I'm going to read into the record the, um, those registrants who just um, were registering in support um, or opposition. I think most are in support. Um, so first of all is Sharon Schmid, who's registering in support of HHN 2 and 15. Anna Peta Peters, um, who is registering in support of um, Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Margaret Olson, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Steph Strings, registering in support of Health and Human Needs Amendment 2 and 15. Chet Agnes, um, registering in support of Restorative Justice Amendment by Supervisor Young. Um, Michael Davidson, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Anna Weisreiser, um, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Mary Jacobs, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15, representing Goodwill Industries. I'm sorry that I didn't list. I don't think I missed any of the other ones who they were representing. But um, next is Francis Bicknell, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Gina Shea, 
registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Casey Barrand, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Christine Witt, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Robin Williamson, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Maggie Dugan, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Melanie Witt, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Candy Nick, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Christine Chablowski, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. And it's Kristen Chablowski. Um, Lucy Jackson, registering in, from Journey Mental Health Center, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Laura Zimmerman, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Karen Neitzel, um, um, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Todd Costello, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15, re representing the Community Living Alliance. Stephanie, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Jamie Gultson, um, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Lynn, Linnea Nielsen, registering in support of health and human needs 2 and 15. Dolores Nash, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15, representing Access to Independence. Wendy Hecht, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Jim Kruger, registering in support of um, Health and Human Needs 2, representing the North East Side Senior Coalition. Christy Albertson, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Dave DeLapp, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Suzanne Hansen, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Judy Parks, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Jeff Bailey, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Beth Haugen, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Deborah Dove, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Andrew Shea, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Tim Corden, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. June McLean, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Mary jo um, Johnson, that's not right. Jolson, um, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Amy Callahan, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Um, Catherine Rindy, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Teresa Rhodes, Registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15, representing REM Wisconsin, Inc. Carol Terrell, registering in support of um, the budget. Heather Schaller, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. 
Teresa Lighton, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Um, Ian Bargestini, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Randy Klein, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Donald Brand, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Sandra Brand, um, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Lisa Swenson, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Kim Gobrecht, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Ashley Biter, um, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Lindsay Saltz-Schultz, um, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Zhu Tim, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Margarita Barges, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Josie Ramirez, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Um, Zimitar Spesov, um, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Grover Wilson, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Stephen McDermott, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Angela Blatz, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Jeff Streeter, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Jennifer Streeter, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Fred Swanson, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Paul Yoakum, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Um, Nicole Wright, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. William Smanda, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Cole Weller, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Sarah Cutler, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Valentine Olucci, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Fallon Smith, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Cody Campbell, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Catherine Berger, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Casey Thompson, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Emma Sarapata, um, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. Scott Ringer, um, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. And Melissa Amati, registering in support of Health and Human Needs 2 and 15. That is all the registrations we had, and um, such other business as the county board is authorized to conduct by law. Seeing no one, um, is there a motion to adjourn until Thursday, October 20th, 2016? Moved by, um, um, God, <laughs> by Chenoweth, seconded by Matano. All those in favor say aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and we are adjourned. And I just want to mention one thing also is that um, there's a chili cook-off tomorrow night. So if anybody um, is, I just want to remind you that that's before the county board tomorrow night.